Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Episode 171 of Fourth and John. I am Gail Saunders here with Evan Hollywood Hearn. And over the last couple weeks, you know, with this with, with this country, you know, we meet, we needed some law and order, right? Um, across Eagles Nation, we need some law and order. Um, things have gotten out of control and to the point that we don't know if we're coming or if we're going. Uh, We can start from the top and go to the bottom or the bottom of the top. Whatever way you want to go, the Eagles have problems. We can start with our our fifth-year quarterback, Carson Wentz. Uh, You know, there's talks out there about him demanding a trade or wanting out or not wanting to play for the Eagles no longer this is via Adam Schefter. Now we come to the point of now Carson does want to stay, needs some time away from the football team, and just figuring some things out. Reports from Adam Schefter about Dougie and how he's staying. Today we wake up with the whole story from Chris Mortensen, I believe, that now, Doug Peterson is on the hot seat and could be potentially out. Another story, I think this is via Mike Florio, about a potential trade in the works. A trade for who you say? Doug Peterson? So we, as a podcast and a fan base, are now looking for answers in all the wrong places. We're looking to faces to give us those meaningful answers, and we cannot come up with any feasible solution other than to talk about it. So that's what we're going to do today. Shout out to Evan. Uh, it's the off season, aka the draft season, but the off season has been filled with drama, and the reality show is way beyond the finale. Um, let's talk about it. Gail, the, uh, the craziness seems to have not been left in 2020. It seems like we are dragging this bag in with us into 2021. I, uh, I was kind of shocked when I woke up this morning, I got a call from you. Uh, as you know, I'm a little bit of a late riser. 
And uh, I get I get a call in the morning, and I'm like, uh, I, I see that you're calling me. I'm like, oh shit, something must be going down. I go, I jump on the timeline. I'm just watching this absolute dumpster fire of stories that is going on involving Doug Peterson being traded potentially Doug Peterson's in the hot seat we had just heard about uh you know the meeting that's going to be happened that was that had happened after the final game uh of the season and how it happened this past Tuesday and we've been sitting around waiting just looking for any little inkling as to what could have been said during that meeting what was said where what is the direction of this team heading in and after nothing came out I think a lot of us just kind of solemnly sat there and we're like okay well it's looking like Doug Peterson isn't getting fired Howie Roseman looks like he's staying I don't know what the hell's going on with the whole Carson thing and then lo and behold Gail what is up with us dropping news on on fall Sundays man even when we're not playing, we're out here dropping juicy news on uh, on an NFL Sunday. It's uh, it's it's kind of a lot to ra- uh, try and wrap our heads around, man. I I don't know where to start with this one. And it's funny because I you know I woke up today. I'm like, God, I play off football. I can sink my teeth into just just regular football. And I I'm, I'm not emotionally attached to any of these teams. My 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 heart rate's not going to go up. I'm just going to sit here and relax, and then boom. They drop another story, and the stories keep on trickling out. I think you're trying to figure out as a fan where they're coming from or what um, the rhyme or reason for these news um, pieces to drop. Now, like, is it coming from Howie's camp? Is it coming from Dougie's camp? Is it coming from Wentz's camp? Um, Fans are sitting here trying to figure out who to blame. I I can read on the timeline right now. Fans are trying to figure out who to to blame. and I'm sitting here like trying to figure out why some of these pieces are coming out and who do I trust and who do I believe. And then on top of the things that I'm also hearing, um, because it's funny because like, again, like out of all the years, we've heard so much random stuff. Some of the, some of the things that have come to fruition and we've seen and we're hearing other things. And now we're like, is it is it true? Is it true that Doug Peterson could have coached his last game with the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, you, you think about the situation. Um, you think about John Dorsey in, in-house. Think about why was that news dropped. You think about Howie Roseman being on the hot seat. And then the story comes out about John Dorsey being in the building. As a consultant, if he's going to be the guy who writes the ship, uh, one of the guys who righted the ship, with Kansas City, um, do the Eagles believe that he could be a part of that? And for the reason they dropped John Dorsey, meaning that he is the football guy who guides Howie Roseman and keeps his job safe. And then the whole idea of, you know, Matt Lombardo had dropped that story earlier or early this um, in December about wherever Dorsey goes, Eric, the enemy, could be in the mix. Now, other people are getting interviewed for other positions around the league, obviously. But is it, if there's a reason maybe Eric B. Enemy could be in the mix. Um, all this news is um, fresh today. The whole Doug, he had the first meeting. Now we're on to the second meeting, according to Mortensen. If, um, if he doesn't like, if Lurie doesn't like what he's heard, would that mean – Good riddance to Dougie P. 
It, it very well could. And I know that a lot of what was being discussed leading up to that meeting on Tuesday was what is the direction of this offense going to be next season? Because if we're moving forward with Doug Peterson, we've been saying all year long, we need to get him an offensive coordinator. And I think one of the big stories that came out since that whole meeting took place was this idea of press Taylor kind of taking over as the offensive coordinator. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, was that Doug's proposal? Cause I, I'm looking at all about how, Things were looking okay for Doug's looking like he's going to be here next year. And then all of a sudden this news about press Taylor getting a promotion from the, the quarterbacks coach after a quarterback in year five regressed a guy that was at an MVP caliber at one point in his career regresses into something that we just can't even explain. And Doug Peterson's idea of how to turn around this offense is internal growth. And given that guy who contributed to Carson Wentz's regression, a promotion, um, could, could that be a part of it, Gail? I don't know. I like, is that, was that part of Doug's plan to write the ship? Cause if it was, I could completely understand why Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman wouldn't be on board. And I don't know. No, I don't know about writing the ship. But I think, I think Doug Peterson has burned his ships. Uh, he's now sitting at the dock of the bed. Um, cause I mean, you think he's just about- poking holes in the bottom himself? I, I mean, who else can you blame? You can't blame anybody else. You know, the Scangarello is out of here. My morning way out of here. Uh, how scapegoats. many boys? Nothing more than scapegoats. You know, I mean, how many, how many, you know, how many guys can you, you know, Frank Reich is gone. Um, Mike Grow is gone. Uh, the only f- familiar voices that you have, you know, that have been rocking with you, um, Press Taylor. And then we have um, good old dudes. Uh, we have Stoutland and Stoutland around as well, but I'm, I'm talking about in terms of calling plays. Um, I mean, it's just like at the end of the day, you're trying to figure out like all right, what's the next step. So if you, if you think about the, the culture of this locker room and where it's went this season, think about the play calling, where it went this season. Um, you think about the end of the season and the, and the finale, the, the game, and how mismanaged that was and how, how the message was not – relayed to the team correctly. Um, some of those stories that were leaking out and fans were like, oh, you know, how could they, you know, if you listen to our last show, we told you that this from players' quotes on saying that they knew that they were, the idea of tanking was there, but in the fashion and the way that they did tank and pulling hurts really shook the core of some of the players in this locker room. You saw Miles Sanders even say his piece in front of the um, in the podium, um, so you know he, he's a he's a he's a big piece of this offense. And just feel free to speak his his mind like he did, kind of throwing the the, the coach or Howie under the bus it means you're losing the locker room. Um, and how that all all has played out doesn't sit well. How does that sit with you? How, how did the end of the season sit with me? I mean, I think that that was a complete disaster. I think that we went into that game. We talked about all pregame how we're hoping that the Eagles aren't going to win that game. And quite frankly, I'm not going to sit here and have revisionist history. I'm still glad that we lost the game because uh, I wanted that higher draft pick. But the manner of which it happened was just an ugly look. You look at guys like Jason Kelsey, who has given his all his entire career. And that could potentially be his last game where it was it was embarrassing, like to have a guy out there and he's surrounded by play like both of our tackles in that game 
are not ready to be playing in the NFL now. And then he's, he's trying to put up with, uh, I mean, he's, He's got Hurts behind him, and then they're they're pulling Sudfield into the game. It was a complete slap in the face to players like Kelsey, uh, players potentially like Ertz who would be playing their potentially their last game in an Eagles uniform. I just think it was a really ugly look, and it's not how you gain control and confidence back in the locker room that you've clearly has been leaking out. He's been losing confidence and trust in this locker room all year long. And that just, to me, was an extra kick in the gut. That was the icing on the cake in that I don't think these players want to play for him anymore. I mean, they're going to talk in their press conferences. They're going to say that they support Doug Peterson because that's what they have to say. But once Doug Peterson's out of here, if that ends up happening, their opinions might be changing. Yeah, and we talked about, like, you know, months ago about, um, you know, catching L's and when the voices start chirping and players start speaking out and then random quotes start dropping on the timeline like they have. Uh, relationship that's kind of deteriorating right in front of your eyes between Wentz and Doug Peterson. I mean, there's they mentioned some couple stories about how, you know, it's been fractured. Um, the relationship between Carson Wentz and, and Dougie P, and he, some people say Dougie P and Wentz. It could be it could be Wentz and Howie. It could be a power struggle between, um, you know, Howie and, and, and Wentz, and then Wentz. You know, if they bring in Dorsey, does that make Wentz feel a certain way about this situation here? Because another guy is pulling the trigger. Um, I think when you have Howie and Doug Peterson not on the same page because we've heard that a lot um, this season about them not being on page um, and, and really not meshing well this season. That That's what the season looked like. Like, we've seen ugly seasons, but this season has been a little bit uh, in its own right, its own, uh, own type of ugly. Um, it's an offensive league right now, and – Week after week, we've seen we saw a bad offense. Uh, we saw a flash of light with Jalen Hurts, but you're also seeing um, it was more of the same at the end of this season. Uh, the play calling was a little sus, little suspect, little suspect, suspect of where to go QB wise, where to go um, financially wise, of who was going to be cut. We have so many issues to hit at one time that's the most uh, the most frightening part of my thing and, and when you're looking at all these stories that are leaking out like look look at how like the conversation has changed from Doug Peterson they might be moving on from Doug Peterson to now today with the the notion of him potentially being traded like I'm I kind of viewed that as first of all shocking and then once I absorbed it and just kind of thought on it and gnawed on it for a little bit. I was sitting there thinking, could this just be like the Eagles trying to get simply anything for Doug Peterson? And then ultimately, if they don't find a trade partner, he just gets let go? Because we see teams do that with players all the time. We see them throw uh, throw them out on the trade and block, say, hey, this guy's available. But then nobody bites because they know he's going to be available because the team's just going to outright release him. Because they, they want nothing to do with him, but they just want to get something in return. Do you think that something like that could potentially be in play right now? You're wondering if you can leak that out in the sense of like maybe you see what we get for 
Duck Peak. Um, you talk about the New York Jets. I, I'm, I'm saying maybe maybe Lori's mind is already made up that he wants to move on from Doug Peterson, and if his thought process is if I can get something for him, um, that would go a long way. I mean, you talk about what is the Super Bowl winning coach worth? Um, you know, three years after the fact of winning a Super Bowl, and now we're here. Um, you know, people will look back to when John Gruden was um, traded. Um, Gruden uh, hit his contract. He's uh, Tampa Bay. Um, hold on. Raiders owner Al Davis didn't want to give Gruden a big contract and traded him to the Tampa Bay for a first-round draft pick in 2002, a first-round pick in 2003, and second-round pick in 2004. The Bucks also threw in $8 million in cash. And then uh, Gruden ended up And that was prior to John Gruden winning a Super Bowl, let me say. Uh, Herm Edwards uh, he got traded from the New York Jets to Kansas City. Um, let's see here. Kansas City sent the Jets a fourth round pick in exchange to release Edwards from his contract. Mike Holmgren got traded from Green Bay to Seattle Seahawks. Um, the Packers received the Seahawks' second round pick. 47th overall in the 1999 NFL draft. Um, Bill, Bill Belichick, uh, New York Jets, and um, New England, they received, uh, yeah, he resigned from the Jets, and then um, the league uh, commissioner, Paul Tagliabue, awarded the Jets with the first round pick, 2000, fourth round and seventh round pick in 2001. And then the Patriots were uh, awarded the Jets' fifth round pick in 2001 and seventh round pick in 2002. Uh, so, I mean, there there are some instances of, of coaches being traded. I think um, uh, this scenario. I, I hear the, the word first round thrown in there a lot. I mean, and for and there a lot for coaches that were traded and at some, that point in their career hadn't yet won a Super Bowl. Would Doug Peterson be the first head coach to be traded that has already won one? I think he would on that list. I mean, well, I mean, we, we had Holger who won a Super Bowl with uh, Green Bay. Or Parcells uh, as well. Parcells also was uh, traded as well. So I, I think um, it's just interesting, man. Like, you, you, you talk about, like, a drama-filled season. We're, we're headed for a drama-filled offseason. Um, not, not not only with the impact of uh, you know COVID and the combine and draft and um, you know there's other news about uh, the Senior Bowl and the Eagles turning down the opportunity to coach down at the Senior Bowl and you think about the roster, the coaching roster that we have and and not even really intact um, players being moved, Schwartz have gone, uh, you know like against Gangarello and. Marty Morning, uh, right, and um, I believe Ken Lajol is 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 he out as well? Mm-hmm. The linebackers. Coach? Yep. So you're talking about a decimated coaching unit at this morning, at this at this moment. So coaching the Senior Bowl is great in terms of like seeing the talent, getting your hands on them early, um, really just digging through the players and getting a feel for the roster, which is nice. Um, but and at the same time, who were we going to send there? Because we don't even know who is currently on the coaching staff that's going to be here next year. So, exactly. like, what's the point of sending some guy if he's just going to be doing intel for another team? Yeah, and, and you're just like, okay, where where are we at? 
with a team at this moment. You don't even know who the head is. Like with rumors of Doug potentially being on the outs, uh, you figure if if he got if he got it done right in the first meeting, and they felt a certain way, um, he would have had his, a definite answer. I believe. Like if they gave him, yeah, like, I don't, I don't think Doug, there would be a second meeting if the first one went well. Unless they were like, Doug, all right, do your homework. Uh, come back with uh, one of your plans. That's not <laughs> as offensive coordinator. I don't care if you call him your protege or not. Is there any sense of urgency for you? Because for me, I'm looking at it, and granted, the season's still going on right now. Uh, guys like Eric Bieniemy, he's still involved. So I don't even know how much of, like um, – interviewing for positions he can really be doing at this point with his team, his team still out there. But I'm saying, is there any sort of sense of urgency where you want to get done with this Doug Peterson thing? If that is what you're going to do, just so you can get a head start on this head coaching journey or this head coaching search, because the last thing I want to do is, is fall behind in that. I don't want, you know, head coaches that are appetizing and guys that I want to interview for this position to already be taken by the time we get to that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just all about getting it right and, and the person who fits. And if you're thinking about the whole story of John Dorsey being tied to the enemy and a feel, like a feel of what John Dorsey brings to the table and the fact that he knows what Doug Pearson is um, from his days at KC. Um, he, knows, um, he, he knows exactly what Eric Bianami is. If this is yep. the fix, this is why he's brought in to be a consultant, and he's brought here to fix what's going wrong with his football team. This is what you're looking at. You're looking at a guy who's got experience, a guy who pulled uh, pulled the move to bring in Patrick Mahomes, which brought them a Super Bowl. Um, he, he, he's a guy who brought in Nick Chubb. He's a guy who brought um, in the quarterback that helped the Browns get to the playoffs. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he against Andy's will kind of bring in uh, Mahomes as well? Like that that was a Dorsey guy over Andy, right? Yeah, I believe he he won the argument there to make that move up and make that trade. I believe. So you're, you're talking about a guy that if Howie is relying on him and leaning on him, which this has to be the most important move in order to fix this franchise, um, Dorsey is the most important guy uh, to the Eagles all season. But this is what. Um, now now we go back to Howie. Now if Howie's still in this building, Howie's going to have to fix this cap um, and the mess that it is. If he's going to help facilitate these trades, if he's going to help bring in the value. Because I talked about it on the last podcast, but Howie's a value guy. And in terms of like the guys that are on this roster – especially when talking about QB, um, have value. Carson Wentz has value. Jalen Hurts has value at this moment. Can you actually you – know, you, you could literally bring both, both those guys back, have it make sense. But if you're looking to move someone, if you're looking to have a quarterback on their rookie contract, do that. If you're looking to bring back Wentz and have him fixed with the whole new um, – you know, uh, a whole new regime behind him. And then you can move on from a Jalen Hurts if you wanted to. Because um, you, you, you're also not what are we, we could talk about these moving pieces there, moving pieces there. 
We're talking about the culture of the locker. The culture of this organization needs work. So, and and as far as Howie Roseman's concerned, I've been pretty clear about where I stand with that. I want Howie gone. Period. Um, even if Dorsey's here and he's the one making the picks. I still would like Howie Roseman just not involved anymore with this Eagles team. And there's something, the reason for that being is that like, say things with Dorsey go well at first things with, you know, we're picking all the right players, Howie's signing the right contracts and we're starting to build a good team. And then once it starts to go South, I don't want to move on from Dorsey and then Howie's just that guy lingering in the background. And then he emerges like, you know what? I can save this situation actually. And and then all of a sudden we've got the Howie regime again. I just want him out, removed from the building completely because he's been around for too long. He's been a part of too many Eagles uh, collapses than he has resurgences. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with your opinion. I'm like, this isn't like the reality show called G- GM Rehab. Um, that's not where I want to be. Yeah. Like, your GM shouldn't have to go through a rehab period on how to get back to um, Super Bowl winning moves. Uh, he can't make those moves um, by himself. It's it's a it's it's an issue. Like if John Dorsey is a guy who says, I, I think he's uh, his relationships in the past between some of the organizations. I think he's he's rubbed um, people the wrong way and played favorites uh, on certain um, players and positions. But I think if he's had a you know aha like an aha moment. Mm-hmm. The fact that now he's got this opportunity with the Eagles, a great organization uh, in, in the past. Uh, right now, we're kind of a mess, but right. if he has a chance to showcase what he can do with this this team, that's great for him. Like, that, that could boost his resume. Or if they figure out how to make it work here, that would be great, too. But, you know, we're not exactly sure what Dorsey's role at the moment. But we do know that we want him to have final say. Yes. This football team. For sure. Um, so let me ask you a question, and it could be kind of an impossible question now, but I just want to get a roundabout answer for you. Like, I'm thinking if a new GM and a new head coach is the, the situation for the Eagles in 2021, a lot of times in those instances when you have a new GM and a new coach, they want their own quarterback. Because like you said, their entire careers, their whole position in, that, in there is in choosing their guys. And so do you think that if we bring in a new head coach and a new GM that Carson is probably gone? Or do you think that that would just be too many holes to fill? I think, I mean, if you, you have a, a, a GM like John Dorsey, who's seen what Carson Wentz can bring to the table, I don't, I don't believe Dorsey believes that his talent is a backer in it over one year. Um, I think, I think I probably think they believe the system could not work for for Wentz. Um, I, don't, I don't think. And again, us as fans, like some people say, Doug is not the problem. Wentz is the problem. But again, if you're not playing to your players' strengths, for a guy that you just forked up 120 million dollars to, yeah, like how do you not make that work? Um, and the fact that you're high fiving your GM when you pick Jalen Hurts, and we all sat here and said. This is going to be a problem, and you don't have the foresight to see that what this issue has turned into. Again, um, I don't know, man. I, you're talking about a cultural change that needs to change within the locker room and the front office. Sometimes it's the locker room thing, but 
having your front office have an issue as well. Um, that is the most concerning part for me because it, it starts at the top. If the top yep. can't get it together, uh, we're, we're in for some grooming together. Did you did you find yourself watching football on this uh, wild card weekend and just admiring what real football looks like, what what real teams are supposed to actually play like? Uh, I mean, I mean, just watching playoff football and realizing the team's not even a factor, like a non-factor. Like, uh, you feel a certain way, man. I mean, we're not even we – We're like the bait, bait dog of the NFL, we, man. We weren't even basic this year, man. Like, think about that. We're not even – we weren't even in the conversation. We were in the worst division in football and probably in history, one of the worst um, divisions football. We lost and we came out. in last – and we had the most veteran coach in the NFC East get out coached by first-time coaches in this division. And you're, you're talking about for a guy who you thought had control of this division and knew what it took to win. Um, if you're Larry, you're looking at him like, bro, you couldn't even win in this division. You alienated three quarterbacks, <laughs> whether it's Wentz and the way that you uh, coached him this season and – you know, set him up for success. And then the way Hurts is pulled in the game, you don't think he's looking at you side-eyed? The way that Sudfeld got just thrown underneath the bus to just be um, a scapegoat for the whole situation. Um, look look at the game last night. I mean, I mean, with the Redskins. And I know that – I'm sorry, the Washington football team. I know that they, have, they lost the game. But, like, a guy like Taylor Heineke, who – prior to that game, I'm going to admit, I, I had no idea who the guy was. And he's out there, and he put them in an opportunity to actually compete and win. And that is a clear instance of Ron Rivera just playing to his quarterback strengths and giving him the best opportunity. That's that's all we've been asking from this team all year long. And, you know, good coaches do that. And former teammate to uh, Travis Fogum. Um, so Travis Fogum knew who he was, Ev. Um, I just think, yeah, again, you, you're just talking about, like, the differences between a, a team taking on their coach's identity and what Washington did, um, play tough, hard-nosed football defensively. Uh, they, they, they you know, scrapped together some offense with uh, a mix and match of quarterbacks this year, and they got in the playoffs. Obviously, it wasn't, it wasn't super pretty, but they hung in there and almost won against uh, Tom Brady, one of the goats. Uh, but again, like it's at the end of the day, you're like this 2020 team had no identity. This coach lost control of the locker room. This coach failed to win in a poorly uh, played uh, division of the NFC East. And uh, now your front office and your head coach aren't seeing eye to eye. And Lurie has once again had to step in and um, try to make control, uh, take control of this this franchise. And last time we saw him take control of this franchise was when Chip Kelly was fired. So. Here we are. <laughs> and we are as special as victims. Because as, as Eagle fans, y'all are special. Um, we're definitely victims. Victim <laughs> if you're all by the victim role, I could I could understand it. Um, terrible season. 
terrible season this year. Um, it's unfortunate that we had to go through this during a pandemic because um, I don't know which was uh, the pandemic is obviously worse, but they both affected you in certain ways. Um, before we get out of here, I mean, if there's any positive light that you could shed on me, um, get to me. Yeah, uh, Gail, you know, um, what positivity do we really have? to pull from here. Uh, everything right now in Philadelphia seems to be a complete dumpster fire. Um, everything outside of Philadelphia seems to be a complete dumpster fire. And I am just hoping for, I'm hoping that Jeffrey Lurie does the right thing, man. I'm hoping Jeffrey Lurie opens his eyes, recognizes that we have a cancer within this team that needs to be cut out and we're not going to be able to succeed unless that happens. Um, this whole thing about Doug Peterson being traded as wild as I think it is, if we're able to make find the right deal for the for, to make it happen, I'm I'm down for it. I, uh, I I have changed my opinion as as far as um, what I would like to see from this Eagles team next year. I'm I'm kind of back. I'm back in Carson Wentz's corner. Carson, I'm your guy. Um, so I, I'm I'm hoping that Jeff Lurie does the right thing. I hope we get a new head coach. And I'm looking forward to a uh, 2021 with new leadership. I mean, if anything positive, I, I could take um, Jeffrey Lurie is showing some initiative. He's showing that he's ready to take the reins on his football team. I think he's ready to hold Doug Peterson accountable uh, for some of the actions that were displayed this season. I think um, if Howie is is in GM rehab and John Dorsey is the guy that is helping be guide you to, to another uh, winning franchise, I think that's in the right direction. You feel like you need a new head coach. Um, and obviously, that's something that's got to be talked about amongst the front office at the moment because we wouldn't be hearing these, these rumors and we, we wouldn't be seeing the smoke. Now, Eagle fans, if you see the smoke, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, guys like, um, you know, the Chris Mortensen and, and Adam Schefter don't put these stories out there if there wasn't real smoke. Um, there's definitely smoke. I've seen Eagle fans, numerous Eagle fans, question a lot of the stuff that Adam, Adam Schefter has put out there. But if, if this is what we're seeing out on the timeline, just imagine how ugly it is behind What we're seeing is ugly. Um, there's different factions in the that's what you're saying. It's a, it's a divided front. And this is what this football team has looked like all season long, is divided front. And um, when you're divided, uh, it's, it's very hard to, uh, you know, prevail in, in, in the end. And so, work, I, I'm a, I, is, as crazy as it sounds, I'm excited to see what else people <laughs> uh, have in store. Um, because um, I'm, I'm ready for the drama. It's a the drama for your mama, but hey, the drama for next week because we're gonna have we're gonna have more episodes this week because I feel like drama is looming. More drama equals more episodes. Be hours, be days away. There's there's another story about the drop, uh, but I just want to thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, again, draft season is starting. Uh, we'll have more uh, draft content coming out this um, following following week. Uh, trying to figure out where we pick. I mean, who we pick at number six. 
uh, and start to bring light some of the uh, prospects that we're all looking at. All right, that's all for us, and we will see you guys soon. And as always, fly, eagle, fly. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.